It's wonderful to see you again, and gladly observe you had a wonderful time together as a church. It's a beautiful thing. People with the same mind and same spirit gathering around together share the moment of joy and happiness. This is the real picture of kingdom of God. Because kingdom of God, what I believe is, where there God is acknowledged as our Father, we share the same spirit and we enjoy the fellowship together. That brings the real happiness and joy. And that has to be all that our foundation of life. Because in my understanding of uh, many years as counselors, I met so many people, listen to their life story, and they share again and again and again because of their emptiness in their heart. They felt something is missing, but they don't know what it is. They wander around to find it, but not easy to find because every people surrounding them actually is in the same condition. Pretending they are okay, pretending they are in good life and good shape, but deep inside of their heart, they hide actually what they have in their heart, not showing any other people, very tightly hide, so that us naturally think, I'm the, I'm the only one who is struggling with this emptiness and trouble. But in fact, as we open, crack open our heart, we are very in similar condition, wanting to have the deep yearning to be met. Who am I? How can I fill this gap up? And how can I feel the moment of joy and fullness? Even in momentary situation, I eager to have that, but none. And that's the common human condition I met again and again and again. So today we talked about the love of Father God who created us, sent us to be here, and giving us an opportunity to, to get to know him as our father. And that love foundation has to be the foundation for everybody's life. Well, sum it up. Your father loves you, full stop. Whether you, you know it or not, that's what that's what Bible says. Now it's our turn. Open our heart to embrace it. But in reality, we have big hurdles to embrace that good spirit, allowing it to come into our heart. Many many different reasons, very real reasons, because. This scripture, Romans chapter 5, we, can we read it together? One, two, three. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We need to consider, concentrate on two components. Still we, are, we were sinners. God sent his son as a sign of his love the depth and the profound uh, covering he has brought us. Issue is, we are still sinners. We know that. God's love, Father's love is available there. And we want to enjoy that love. Without lo enjoying the love of God, without fully engaged in the love of God, our spirit, newborn spirit, doesn't grow. That's why I suggest so many church, church members do not try to serve him first. Serving him is not the thing that you can do just after you're born. Can you imagine a little newborn baby can serve 
their, their, their parents? Nonsense. For many, many months, they couldn't move their own body even. Crawling takes a few months. Just gripping some, grip something to stand up takes almost a year. And running takes another five months. And because their head is quite big, they easily just tripped over. So efficiently running takes quite many months. All the years, they couldn't serve their parents. They only receive what they are given. They need to learn to receive. That's how they can grow. We need to use our tentacle to receive God's free given love. Without, our, without that, our spirit doesn't grow. Only in the moment when we receive and we are being aware of Father's love, our inner being can grow. Never imagine you can grow as a mature person as you serve God. No. You grow to be mature, that's for sure, but only after you grow in certain amount, in certain degree, then you can begin to serve Him. And in that case, serving the Lord and God will give you more reward and joy and pleasant feelings because you can find the meaning and value of who you are as you serve God. I come to Cambodia. I live in Cambodia. And I, to be honest, I don't like the heat. I never enjoy being in the humid condition, still. About 10 years ago, I went to Cambodia, believing God called me and my team come over there. First few, few days, my desire and willingness to serve God actually supported me. But the few days of being exposed to the temperature and the dust condition just swept my desire away. It's already dissipated. My energy that, I was, that was full already gone because my stomach is a little bit bigger than yours, but still not so big to contain so many energy. In that time, I, I, rather, I, I wrote a tuk-tuk to go out to meet somebody. And I took a shower five minutes ago, right on the tuk-tuk, and on the way there already, the perspiration just covered my, the, my whole oily face, and the dust of Phnom Penh just sticked on my face, and uh, I didn't like it, never, still. My body complained, uh, I need fresh air, Australia. Uh, the crispy air, Canberra. Uh, But one part of my heart brought something different. And I, without my awareness, one part of my heart said, thank you, Father. And I was surprised. In reality, I didn't like the heat. I didn't like the perspiration. I didn't like that, that, that oily, dusty Things just keep on stacking on my face. But on the other hand, deep in my heart, I claimed out to God, thank God. And few things, while I was riding on the tuk-tuk, the open carrier, which the motorbike carries, and had some conversation with God, thank you. Because you asked me to come over here. That's the only reason I came over to Cambodia. I, didn't, I know I didn't like the heat. But you gave me an opportunity to give my heart to you. I'm 
trying to bear this difficult condition with my best effort only because of you. Only because of you. Thank you. And second thing I prayed in my prayer, thanking God was, thank you, God, you trusted in me. I was surprised. I kept on conversing that with God, but I, in other part of my brain, surprised. And saying like this, God, I didn't know my heart was already deepened like this in the love with you together. I didn't know that. But you already knew how much I came. You already knew how much my heart has changed. And you gave me the opportunity to show you what I have in my heart towards you. It's not me. It's you who cultivated all this in my heart. I know who I am. I'm a human being like you. I've never had anything like this. Whenever I have some pains or anger or troubles, I always complain. That's me. That's natural me. But in that very moment, I, instead of complaining to God, I thank God sending me this difficult condition. And you trust me, I already have that in my heart. I realized not only us can trust in God, he also trusts us in such a way. We grow. And I realize only because God's love has been known to me until that time has changed my heart. And it's God's work. Us having changed heart is not our effort. By our effort. It's by his own will and effort to bless us, this little heart, so that this little heart will get difference. It's not our job. What we can do is open our heart, allow him to do something so that we can get new heart ministered by his will and choice. That was a beautiful and brilliant moment. But nevertheless, that's, that's not all, every story. Still, I carry my own sinful nature. If some of you having similar kind of struggle because our human sinful nature, then tonight's story and tonight's session is for you and for me too. Because as we expect, constantly expect God's love is available for us, but still we have our own troubles. Sinners, still. God's love covered the sinners, not the righteous, us. Covering doesn't mean our sinful nature just immediately disappears. It's covered. Covered means in God's sight, he sees us as righteous. Because of certain belief, we, we began to be made a choice to believe. But underneath that covering, there's still something behind. We know that. We struggle with that. And we need to learn how to handle those hidden agenda behind the curtain of righteousness. If we don't understand how we could fight against those sinful nature, then we can fail number of times, numerous years, until we finally get to the point where we can understand what the redemptive power of Jesus Christ is. Tonight's story is like that. Okay. It's not only us. Also, Apostle Paul had the same struggle. Book of Rome is a very important book 
for us to understand. Until the book of Rome, chapter 7, he explained every aspect of our salvation. We can get saved only because of Jesus Christ and his redemption, and we are saved. But in this point, chapter 7, he's still struggling with his own troubles, the sinful nature, saying like this, one part of my heart, now I have a desire to be with God, to act according to what my father wants to do. But I see clearly another part of myself is pulling me into different direction. And I'm pulled apart, tormented. What a wretched man I am who can save me from this condition. So Paul also had very similar situation. And he attempted to teach us then how could we come away from these troubles. Okay, let's try to read this John chapter 14 verse 6 together. One, two, three. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is one of my favorite scripture. And many people tend to believe and read this scripture like this. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can be saved except through me. Sounds it familiar to you? But the fact is, Bible said, no one can come to the Father. Which means, if we believe only Jesus is the only way that we can be saved, then through this scripture, we need to be aware. Salvation, the real meaning of salvation is finding God as your Father. Without knowing him as our father, we are not saved. The truth of everybody's salvation is laid on that platform. We find God as our father. We come near to him. We can have an interaction with him every day. And I say like this, until you have having an active interaction with your father every day in your, in your daily life, no righteousness, no holiness, no perfection will come to you. Even though you try so hard to make yourself different, better person, well-shaped, well, you can go some, some degree but you cannot go to the degree of being righteous and holy. Only after we meet and enjoy the presence of God and having the full sense of connection with him, the quality of holiness and righteousness will be exposed through us. I can give you many reasons why. Let me just switch my tone back into the counseling room. Many people, they struggle with their identity. Who am I? What am I? Why am I living here? Why I feel so empty? Why I feel every time when people look at me like this, I feel rejected. I don't feel comfortable. Whenever somebody says what I've done, in not in a full positive way, why do I feel down so much. I wish I can handle it just naturally. Oh, thank you. You gave me a good feedback. All right. You helped me a lot. I wish I could respond like that, but, you know, in my heart, no, it hurts. It let me down. I don't like this happening. Why it happened such a way? That's in that condition, everybody search 
the way to come out of those difficult, difficult issues. So whenever, even though when they try to give out something for others' benefit, they are inauthentical, still coming towards me, towards themselves. If I give you something to please you, perhaps you can love me more. I can be affirmed more. I can be acknowledged. And I can be valued more. That's quite common condition. Because of that, we always, even though we try so hard to give out something in Cambodia or somewhere else, still, we are not freely giving out, but concerning the need that we have carried a lot. Let's try to understand this particular scripture. It will tell you, it will tell us something very significant. Matthew 7, verse 22 and 23. Let's read it out together again. One, two, three. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not a prophecy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Quite shocking scripture. Story goes like this. At the end of the day, somebody who just popped up their chest and showing themselves to the Lord, Lord, Oh, I did prophesy, I did driving demons out, and I did perform many miracles under your name. Didn't I? Good job. As they say that, the Lord looked at their eyes. Who are you? <laughs> Not you. <laughs> I don't know you. How could it happen? How? What's wrong? Can you give me some idea to understand this? Joy. How? You know that. <laughs> God knows, yes. Can it be happen like this? Perhaps this person who used the Lord's name didn't have any didn't have actually any interest about the Lord. Then what's the main interests? I I did this. I did that. Aren't I better and good? And the Lord said, oh, you're only concerned about yourself. And everything you did, even with my own name, was for, for, for the benefit of yourself. Then you didn't relate to me. That's the relationship. You didn't relate to me. What God is calling us is here tonight, come and relate to me. It's different from serving me. I don't ask you to do something very big, but come and open your heart and relate to me, getting to know me so that your inner being can grow. Open your heart. When you use my name, use it properly. Give me your heart so that you deserve to use my name. Does it make sense to you? Very important part. We need to learn to come to relate to him. Of course, in the beginning of our Christian journey, we come to God for the sake of our own benefit because God's love is there. And God's forgiveness is there. And we can call him as our father. 
And whenever we call him, our heart and spirit settled. Wonderful. We got, to, we got to stay in this stage for a while so that our inner being can grow. And our inner being can grow in a sense of connection with God. Then we can say, I relate to you. The relationship with God turned out to be like this. There was a man named Jesus Christ. He was a man. He deliberately asked people around him, call me as son of God. He knew his true identity has come from the heaven. He was seated on the throne next to father, but he was sent to the world. That's why he introduced himself as his own identity, call me as son of God, which means I'm one of you. I'm like you. And he spent time together with God while he was on this world. And at the end, on a certain time, he came up to the mountain and asking God, Father, can you, if possible, can you pass this cup of death away from me? which means I don't want to die. It fears me. I'm deeply trembled and afraid of the idea of getting death. He was facing that difficult time. But the power of his connection with Father God worked in that very moment. Yet, Yet, I won't stand firm on the ground of exalting your will. Your will be done in myself. Even on the verge of facing the death, he was able to affirm and confirm the connection with God in such an intense way. That was the power of crucifixion, and the spirit of Jesus Christ. We need to have that. Tonight, my aim to all of you is having the spirit of Jesus Christ because he is the only way come to Father, because he is the only way that we can use to handle our sinful nature. He is the only way that we can get truly saved And he is the only way we can learn how to live a life in reality to be successful. You know, the the, the story of Jesus Christ didn't just start in that point. When Jesus came into into his uh, public the ministry life, something happened like this. He came to the wilderness and, the, and the, John the Baptist saw him and he was baptized. And as he arrived and the Holy Spirit came upon him, endorsed him, this is my beloved one, my son. That's the identity. That identity came and affirmed him in his spirit, he was led into the wilderness and stayed there for 40 days without eating anything. And at the end, the evil spirit came to him and tried to test him for three times. And seeing what God, what Jesus has done in that very moment was very, very meaningful. The first temptation was that evil, evil one came to whisper in his ears, Aren't you hungry? Yeah, of course. A human being starving for 40 days. Anything edible, he desired to engulf. (laughs) And the evil one just tempted and tested him. With your 
if you believe you are son of God, why don't you use your mighty power to change the stone to be a bread so that you can fill your tummy up? Very, very tempting. Because he hooked the Jesus' immediate need to survive. And Jesus answered, I'm not human being, doesn't live only by the bread. Live by the word. Past. Second temptation, actually the evil spirit took him to the top of the temple. And why don't you jump down if you believe God is your father? Then he will come and undergird you so that you can have soft landing. Your leg wouldn't be broken. And that will, be, that will prove you are truly his son and he pays attention to you. Why don't you try to test them? Why don't you try to test the connection with your father? You believe him as your father. What if not? That was a huge temptation. And Jesus pushed it again. Third temptation, he was brought up into the mountain and showing the old world, look around. This whole world is subdued under my covering. I'm controlling it now. If you bow down before me, I'll give it to you. Then you don't have to die on the cross. And you can fulfill your destiny and your purpose of your existence on this world. You know what Jesus said? No. I don't bow down before you. I only bow down to my Father. Simple. Very simple. But maintaining the thorough connection with Father God was the way to overcome those temptations. You got to learn that. The same spirit was succeeded, was, was carried into the moment of the threat of crucifixion. He used the same spirit. I choose to trust in my father. And you know what happened? He died on the cross. And everything finished. But after his crucifixion, three days after that, you know what happened, right? He was resurrected. He, 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 he has given another opportunity. Let me ask you one serious question. Whose power is that? How could Jesus Christ be resurrected? What is it? What is the, what is the source? Chris, what is the source for Jesus' resurrection? His own power? Not his own power. God, Father, raised him from the death. Only thing Jesus did was trusting in Father God. Believing he will be resurrected. He will give another opportunity. And he will live more glorious life. Even after the death. Engulfed him. That's the spirit of Jesus Christ. We need to inherit the same spirit. That's what it means about I believe in Jesus Christ. Not only, believe, not only it gives us an opportunity to get connected to Father God, but also, secondly, we can learn the new lifestyle which Jesus had. No matter what happens around my life, I choose God. Believing, even though my choice makes me die, I believe God made me leave. That faith, that spiritual truth, and the spirit of Jesus Christ mixed up together will bring us into certain place where no one can overcome us. We can conquer the world 
with the Spirit. Because the only power that the world can use to shred every Christian is by death. They control people with a threat of death. If you don't decide this, you will die. Your business will, will be just bankrupt. Or your life will be just finished. Or your children will leave you. Or your spouse will leave you and no longer love you. All the threats come through the, the, to, to us through the power of death. You are done. You're finished. But the spirit of Jesus Christ, which we have decided to believe already, will give us another story. Even though my story will end here, I believe there is my God who is live, who, who lives, and who cares there to raise me up. To live other than a moment of life. That's the meaning of born again. We Christians can quite commonly say we need to be born again. Born again means like this. As we born into our fresh, freshly body, when we were day zero, we come into the body life. But in some stage, as Holy Spirit leads us, we have to come into a place where we need to make a decision. I start believing in God as my Father. Through Jesus Christ, I'm willing to accept His Spirit into my heart. That's the moment that you are Born one more time. I rather describe like this. Born one more time. Firstly, you're born into the body. Secondly, you're born into the spirit. Spirit of Jesus Christ. That with, it, with the spirit, we begin to live a life in the connection with Father God. And having that sense of connection with Father God is so joyful and so meaningful. And it is rewarding to us. So, let's go back to the place where we remind ourselves the, 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 the passage of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He, is not just, he has not just pointed out this is the way. He has become the way. Because as we believe in him, we literally could come to God and knowing him as our father. And perhaps I gave you my testimony perhaps last time with, uh, related to the financial issues. And I want to use that once again. That was very, very typical moment that I used this spirit. so that you can understand in a practical uh, ways. I did my uh, disciples training back in 1991. In 93, I was sent to Australia by Korean uh, Youth with a Mission. And whenever the missionary sent to other nations, what they need to do is preparing a newsletter and explaining what's going to be happening around in that particular nation and around them. And also put a bank account down underneath of that newsletter, expecting people read the newsletter and noticing that account and support you and us. That's the norm of process. And I prepared 120 newsletters. And I started giving it out. And I only shared three copies. I still remember very, very clear. That was a very important part of my life story. 
And after the third leaflet shared, and there came one night, and my wife and my first son Isaac slept beside me, and I wasn't able to deep go into the sleep. And I tossed around, feeling there was something that spirit intrigued me, and I kneeled down before him. What? Tell me whatever you like to say. I kneeled down and I start praying, open my heart. And he began conversing, trying to talk to me. What are you preparing? Well, I prepared to go out the mission. Okay, what is the mission for you? And I answered, in my mission, it's not a project, it's not a service. Okay, my mission is to let people know you are living God and asking them to believe and trust in you so that they can live better and good life. I was proud of myself after giving that answer up. And the trouble came. Spirit asked me one more question. Can you trust in me? And I supposed to say yes, because I was just about to go out as a missionary. And I answered him, yes, I trust in you. Okay, as you trust in me, what's in your hands? I immediately knew he was pointing out the newsletters. And can you tear them off? As soon as I heard that request, I felt, literally felt like standing right on the verge of my own life and jumping down and testing my own spirit. If there is no God, if God is not the one who can keep the promise, if God only concerns about ministry and work for his kingdom, my personal life, my family life can come into troubles. And it wasn't easy. But I wasn't able to go back because already I knew some part of his presence. My heart was already enoughly encouraged to trust in him with my own life. You know, trusting somebody, faith, trust, belief, they are all relational words. They are not the words that you can do it just alone in the corner by yourself. They are totally relation words, at least in the Bible. Whenever we say faith, believe, trust, it means do you trust in God? Do you trust in your Father? And that question actually came to, came to me. And I had to make a decision. And I tore those newsletters, 117 newsletters. And as I, I was tearing, and tears comes. I think you can feel it. I'm, I still can feel it. And like this, my life is in your hands. I decide to believe in you as living and caring. Father God, I put my whole life, not only my own personal life, with that, my wife and my son, bringing all together, putting in your hands. There's nothing I can do. Do something for me so that I can truly Testify, you are living God. And I cried, cried, cried. Felt like everything just leapt out of my hands, falls into his hands. And I jumped down. And from that time, I went out to give out some sermons, words, Sending missionary sending prayer meetings, 
I didn't share the newsletter. I only shared vision and the purpose and the heart. From starting that day, that was around the end of uh, September 1993, because we were, we, we were in the plane to come to Australia October 3rd, 1993. In the aeroplane, Soy and I calculated the money in and out, in and out. Double amount of the money we actually planned, budgeted, came into our pocket. And from that time, we never put our bank account in, my, in our newsletter. But still, after 33 years of life, I'm standing right in front of you saying the same thing. Do you believe God is living? Do you believe God cares you? Do you believe if you put your life into his hands, he can do something better than what you can do? That's the faith. That's the literal meaning of faith. Trusting in God with life, not the words, not the mouth. Jesus did that. And I try my best to trust in him such a way. And with my small, simple, humble life, I'm crying out to you. At least my God is living. I don't know. I don't think every other people in this world can agree to my confession. But I could never confess God is not living because he showed enough evidence of his presence within my heart and life as I gave him the opportunity for him to show himself. Where did I leave, learn that? Jesus Christ. Because he trusted in Father God right in the verge of trusting in his whole life into his hands. He died, finished, completed. That's what he said, I completed. And he was resurrected. He was saved. He was cared. He was given another opportunity to live a different life. That's the only way we can come away from our sinful nature. Back, in, back into the scripture, Romans. Romans chapter 8 begins like this. Oh, chapter 7 like this. Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who can save me from this miserable, toning lifestyle? Coming into the chapter 8 says, If I am in Jesus Christ... There is no condemnation. If we truly define who we are only in Jesus Christ, which means our old man without Jesus Christ already died with him. And I, the, the one who is living today is only connected to our Father through Jesus Christ. If we confirm that in our spirit, in our new identity, this is the meaning of rebirth, coming into another birth, a life connected to God, which is different from the old patterns. We didn't know God was that much close to us. We didn't know how much God loves us now we know God is our Father. God will never forsake us. God will never leave us. We are not alone. We are thoroughly connected with him. That's the sign of us living in new life. If you don't use that spirit, still, even though come to the church and saying, I'm a Christian, and your heart is not in the place, but thinking, oh, I feel I'm still alone. 
Nobody cares me. Nobody looks at me. Nobody gives me the affirmation that I desire to have. Well, naturally, we can feel it. I don't blame that. But as soon as those old patterns rushing towards yourself, you know what to do. You need to bring yourself in this new place where you can claim with your own choice, saying that I am renewed. I am a person who is connected to God as my father. We don't know God yet fully. We are learning who God really is through our life. Yet, still we can proclaim we are connected to our Father. Believing in Jesus Christ means this. Literally, we need to use that. We need to remind ourselves every day and every moment so that we can live new life with God together in his full endorsement. And you know, this, the new life, the spirit of Jesus Christ given to us and following and enjoying the fellowship with God, I want to say, it's wonderful. People tend to believe, oh, you bring yourself, come under God's authority, and you only do what he asks you to do, and you couldn't do whatever you like to do. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's very restricted lifestyle. I don't like that. But, you know, once your heart changed, once your heart yearning is well aligned to your father, like Father and son having the same heart and having the same spirit to bless you, to bless others, to enjoy the full sense of your life, you are in freedom. You are full in full sense of joy. And I have, I have my own personal uh, desire, envisioning myself right on the verge of death, calling all of my sons and daughter-in-laws and grandchildren, telling them, I lived a good life, fulfilling life, not empty one. I knew my meaning. I discovered that through my Lord, through my Father. I lived in Cambodia a long time. What thrilling, what a thrilling moments. Whenever I gaze upon those little children's eyes, my heart bubbles. Likewise, my life was so good and fulfilling. And so is God, my God. Have him in your heart and you will be blessed and living a wonderful, fulfilling life. And that's my dream. That's my dream. That's what I'm doing now in Cambodia. That's what I wanted to do at the end of my breath. Because I know believing in God as our Father through Jesus Christ is so blessed life. When we bring us into his authority and we feel free, we are in freedom. You know why? It's a very interesting thing. You are coming under somebody, somebody's authority. Okay, I leave everything out, only just submitting you. <laughs> and he's right over me as my authority. But in the same time, I feel freedom. Can you imagine this happen? If this condition could happen, there's only one reason. Do you know what it is? This person's desire is to give me the freedom. My father helps me to be myself. That's why I told you, 
It's okay to be yourself. Be yourself so that with your natural heart, open heart, you get to know your father. Don't worry about your, your, your wrong deeds. Don't worry about your guilt. Don't worry about anything you made something wrong. It will be dealt with. Just be yourself, open your heart, connect to him, and come with him together. And he will help you to handle those wrong deeds, those sinful natures. As he gives you the new heart, you begin having different desire in yourself to bless you and others in the light of his love. And this is a freedom. And this is joyful life. You don't have to worry and concern about the death, the threat of the death. And you don't have to be come under somebody's authority and always try to just 눈치보다 영어로는 뭐라고 해야지? Quite difficult. In English it's quite difficult. In Korean it's easy. 눈치보다. You know, when you come under somebody's authority, you always just try to catch up what's the, what, what could be the sign that I'm supposed to submit and subdue. You don't have to do that because your father doesn't want you to be like that. Because your father wants you to be free to be yourself. If there is something wrong happens, he will call you. He will bring you back in his arms. And telling you what to do. Not in a blaming condition, but in an encouraging condition. You are still valuable. You are lovable. You are precious. I love you, but I want to change your life. Because I believe you can make it happen. Because you are destined to bless others. I expect you to bless others with my spirit. You can do that. I believe in you and I trust in you. But your behavior, this one, hinders you. Go that way. Let me try to do something together. Not in a blaming form. You've done something wrong. Get away. I don't like you. No, never. Never. Your father God would never say that way. Because your father God has the heart, special heart place only for you. That space has never been taken away, has never been covered by other peoples. It's only for you. That's why we boldly can come to him and claiming, have, give me my place. I believe I have my place in your heart. And I want to put you in my heart. Help me to keep this so that you and I get connected like Jesus did to you. And I want to live a blessed life and blessing life in the world so that your joy and my joy will be fulfilled. That's how God sees us. That's how we can live our life. Don't worry about your wrong deeds or something shameful or something make you guilt. Matter is, trusting in God, come back to him. Because more important thing is that we connect to God and maintain it. So that his spirit constantly flow into ours. And we can resonate together. That's how we live the new lifestyle. That's the most important thing. Never, nothing allowed to be inserted in between. Nothing can disconnect in between you and God's love. That's what the Bible said. Never allow anything. Claim your place in his heart. And you will be loved and cared because that's what it means about believing in Jesus Christ. Okay, I think I need to stop exalting anymore. But, you know, what I said is not just doctrine. I don't want to 
want you to take it in as some sort of understanding or information. What I shared has to be participated in by your choice.